In the last episode of Dungeon Train, we followed our group through a futuristic world we call the Undertow Campaign. A world set in the far future where medicine and chemicals are seen as weapons. Weapons used to fight in wars that are spreading across the country like wildfire. We saw two of our members go mad and stumble upon a horrific sight of someone in a torture chamber. The others were found standing face to face with an unknown man with only one instruction. Yep. Should I go first or should you? Johnny pulls out both of his pistols, he names them directly you, at. You see, you do you look at the man's man? head? Yeah. You see, he's trying to talk. Use guns so primitive. And then he takes out his needles and just throws them straight at his you head. S- you see that Logan lifts up an arm to protect his head and it just chinks off his arm. Logan is wearing what looks almost like a like a like a morph suit of some kind. It's got weird armored plates, but only around the shoulders, around particular joints. It doesn't look like there's any consistency to it. Impenetrable, but also joints covered, face vulnerable. You would notice that Logan is looking you guys up and down, especially you. Johnny shoots both both guns at the same time. As you do that, he bends backwards almost like disgustingly with his hands fully on the ground and dodges your bullets. And then he flips back over. At the same time, as Logan flips back over, his knees into place and he lands on his feet. One, One bullet hits the wall and falls into water and then the other bullet, as it hits the wall, starts sparking with electricity. All right, Johnny. As you do that, Logan gets on all fours and demonically starts crawling towards you faster right, than lightning. Johnny, I'm going to need you to start shooting. I found some pressure points. Go ahead. I keep shooting, and I raise my leg up to try to kick him. You do that, and he like he keeps his right arm and leg on the ground as he bends over backwards, neck staying right on your head, and dodges your kick, flips over, grabs you, and throws you to the ground. Is Logan enjoying this? Does he, like seem into it? Is he happy about this? No, he looks very like business. You see the slope of his face is almost very serious. And there it is. And he throws one of the needles as he's bending right at the neck, trying to get one of those pressure points. This actually hits a pressure point on Logan. (laughs) And you start feeling your jaw go numb. (laughs) He looks at you and as he turns, his jaw just kind of dangles. (laughs) Right? I hit the wrong pressure point. (laughs) As Donnie's getting up, he ejects the magazine from the right As gun. As he ejects it, Logan grabs the top of your gun and dismantles the top piece of it. Bro. <laughs> Johnny's down to one gun. And he grabs you by one arm and puts you in a half, Nelson, and stands up. And then he holds the metal piece of the gun to your neck and stands there with his jaw agape. Uh, hold on, almost done. And he's right. He's scribbling on his notepad. All right, all right. Pressure point. Help here, Doc. Pressure point on the right makes drone. The, uh, all right. You he hear throws. a very faint whisper. As the magazine is falling, can I try to kick it into his body? Yep. Trying to explode the bullets? You can. He probably hits me. And you feel an explosive shock. It sends Logan flying backwards against the wall. His body splays unnaturally, and he once again lands on his feet. Dr. Gavel, what did you do after you took your notes? Okay, well, I see the left side is 
uh, slightly more resistant you, to the as brain you, As you think those, Logan grabs onto the wall and he starts climbing like a demon uh, across the wall towards you. Okay. And then so he jumps at you. He doesn't have that. And, and he then grabs he leans ho- back <laughs> as you As you lean back, Logan seems to almost miss, but his right arm grabs you by the throat. His elbow is to like your sternum. Okay. He puts one leg on the back of your knee and drops you and then pushes your chest straight down, snapping your spinal cord. Dr. Gavel is now crippled. Oh uh, I switched to a magazine with like a purplish color on it. And when I shoot the gun, um, as it makes contact, it sticks to you and starts spreading. <laughs> And as it spreads, Logan gets very tired. So initially, this isn't what Johnny Adams was expecting. But it looks like Logan's just feeling kind of peaceful, kind of cool. He's tranquilized. And Logan passes out. Uh, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Um, all right, wait, let me... And he, like, turns his neck a little bit and, like, pops something. And he's like, yep, all right. Uh, spinal cord. Um, oh, we have a uh, fracture. Uh, and it's working its way up. Uh, Brainstem. <laughs> hey, how you doing down there, good buddy? I'm doing just fine. Tennis floor, glad to hear it. All right, fellas, good job. You know, that's, uh, that's the great A entertainment we're looking for here. You're definitely not dead yet, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't really care. Uh, sorry, uh, what, what's, what's that kid's name? Adams, yeah, sorry. We, yeah, I don't really care. Nice job, fellas. Good job. Um, you know, you didn't kill him, but eh, th- this was fun, and that's more what we were looking for than anything else. You know, that's that's the kind of entertainment that the boys upstairs like. So this is this will get a uh, it'll be on syndication. It'll be on uh, Monday Night Smackdown. Did I get my gun replaced. Uh, what? You broke my gun. Oh, I don't care. Can we get his gun replaced? Uh, you have dinner in a little bit. We'll talk about that. Johnny. All right. So um, Johnny, you good, Doc? Uh, left pocket, left coat pocket, please. Okay, I'd reach into his pocket. All right, and it's uh, it's just another. It's his set of needles. Uh. Uh, right under the jawline. Uh, all the way. Puncture. This is a big needle, Doc. Pun- are you sure? Yes. All right, all right. Yes. Someone get in there and take their needle, guys. Come on, come on, I- quick. Sure. All right. So here, we're guys. We're gonna go ahead and turn the sprinklers on. If you puncture him, it's all lemon juice. It's gonna hurt like a bitch. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. We got people coming in there for you. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Are they gonna be fine? Yeah, you'll be fine. I'm going to pump it. it. I'm in immense pain. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear Dr. Gavel just squeal like a girl. You puncture his neck, and there is lemon juice everywhere. This poor dude passes out from the pain. He just can't take it anymore. His his spine is broken. His neck is punctured. There's lemon juice everywhere. It's getting in his eyes. (laughs) Welcome aboard, adventurer. I'm glad you made it back in one piece. I'm sure you're ready to jump back in. There's plenty of places to see, stories to hear, and characters to meet. And if you come back alive, I'll be waiting here, saving you a seat. I just hope you came prepared. The worlds inside are dangerous, but you already know that. 
Enjoy your stay on the dungeon train. And safe travels, my friend. You'll need it. Alex, what can you tell us about poor Logan? What does he look like? How did he end up here? Logan's a six-foot-tall Caucasian male with a rather nice tan. He definitely looks like he's been outside a lot. He actually is a colonel for the Marines, and he worked primarily as a trainer for the Marines in his later years, but he has a condition called hypermobile EDS, which causes his joints to be very flexible. Uh, So much so to the point where he actually had to stop his career a little premature. Um, He just couldn't handle the weight of some of the equipment. He couldn't handle the exercises. Right. So he, while he was very strong, strong when he's younger, the older he got, the harder it was for him to keep his muscle tone. So it was very hard for him to move around in general. In fact, he was mostly uh, in a wheelchair for probably the later years of his life. Uh, more recently, he tried to stay out of it, but it was very hard for him to like stand with his legs. His wife, Anita, took care of him as much as uh, she wanted to, but he, being a headstrong military man, didn't really like that. And then I imagine he and Anita are very close then. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's been married for probably about 20 years. He's around 35 years old. Okay, so with that being said, um, Logan was recently approached by actually an old military doctor, a friend of his, Hmm. uh, someone that he'd known since he was much younger uh, and someone that he'd served with in the, did you say he was in the Marines? The Marine Corps. The Marine Corps. Someone that he'd served with in the Marines. And this young doctor told him that they were looking to use stem cells cure his condition to treat him to give him his life back essentially because Mm -hmm. as logan's body began to deteriorate so did his executive function you know there were only so many things that you could do when your body begins to fail you and as someone who had been so active for so long that was obviously very hard on him of course and anita being the wonderful woman that she is uh, agreed to donate bone marrow, agreed to donate some of the stem cells from the uh, the limited fat in her body Yes. to help treat you. Uh, so, where does this take Logan? It takes Logan to a part of the town he's not really used to. He doesn't really pay a whole lot of attention to where he's going when he's in the vehicle. The windows are kind of tinted and... He, he goes into this building. It looks like just a regular medical hospital. And they say that they're going to have to sedate both of them in order to draw the stem cells from his wife and to uh, do the procedure that they were talking about. And one thing that they explained to the two of you before they put you under is that Logan will be receiving an uh, exoskeleton of sorts, a temporary modification, a suit that he can wear that'll have different mechanical components, different polymerized components, nothing cybernetic, nothing robotic, but experimental substitute body parts to help with the recovery process. Of course, because while he'll be more better off after the procedure, he still will be probably a little flexible like he normally is until he recovers his full strength. For sure. And is Logan excited about this procedure? Logan has the most hope he's had in a long time because quitting his career meant giving up his livelihood. And surely he has a lot of trust in this doctor that he's known for years and years. Oh, absolutely. He he know, he, he was best friends with this doctor. They had cookouts all the time. Uh, 
their wives all always talked with each other and hung out. He was most grateful that his loving wife would, even the first thought she had was putting her own body up for the task. She would take a bullet for a complete stranger. The procedure happens. When Logan wakes up, he's on an operating table with this metal exoskeleton. He looks over to where his wife previously was and he sees an empty operating table that's just completely covered in blood and tissues. He sees some strange men packing up cases of something through a loading dock when the doctor approaches him. And it's Logan's old friend and he's confused and he's angry and he, he's frustrated and do, does Logan say anything? He opens his mouth to say what's going on. And what comes out? Air. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Hey, good buddy. Um, so we had to, in conjunction with all of the modifications that we made, we had to remove your voice box. Um, well, not that we had to, but that we wanted to because I figured you'd be in a lot of pain and we really didn't want to hear you screaming. Also, we have a few plans for you in mind. A couple of investors got involved. There's... Things are going to go a little further than we kind of thought they were. I hear you trying to talk. Don't worry. Don't worry. Look, like once we fix you up and I see I see you're panicking. Hey, hey, no, you're fine. You are a marvel of science. You are the future of of medicine, of athleticism. We are pushing you so far beyond the human condition and you will be something more and you will be so proud to be the next step of, of what's tomorrow. And Logan is is screaming at this point, or at least he's trying. It's it's a gasp. It's it's painful. It's nothing. It, he can't get anything out because his voice box is gone. But he's in so much pain. He's in so much anguish. He doesn't know what's going on. And he reaches out. He tries to pick himself up. He grabs some of the staff, but his strength just isn't there. And they sedate him, and they put him down. And Logan is asleep for a while, and then wakes up in the same bed only he's not tied down he feels somewhat normal it's the same room there's still blood all over the table next door and he gets up and there's only one exit to the room can we say that he takes it yes so logan walks out and he finds himself in almost what looks like god a butcher shop of some kind there's maybe a morgue no it's more like a morgue than a butcher shop mm-hmm. but they've got bodies hanging on hooks they've got organs and he 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 looks right at the door in front of him and he he feels the chill in the room and he knows how cold it is and he he sees boxes piled near the door that he just walked out of and he's so foggy he's so sleepy the sedation's clearly still working but he's at least strong enough to walk so Logan looks at the boxes. Do they look familiar to him? The, the boxes themselves don't. They're just coolers of some kind, styrofoam, but... Does he see anything on the ground near them? He does. He sees lots of blood and chunks. He goes over to the coolers and he starts looking through them. And he finds organs in the coolers. He, um... He realizes they weren't regular cases. They are, they are coolers, as he thought, and he finds the smallest case. 
It's, it's pretty small. It's the size of maybe a box for a ring. And he finds two of them next to each other. And he opens them up. And what does he find? He finds two eyeballs. One of them green. One of them dark brown. Just like Anita, huh? His lovely wife. And so as Logan feels his sanity fading, <laughs> as he feels his rage exploding, he passes out. And the next time he wakes up, he's chained to a wall. He's chained to a wall. It looks like a like a racquetball court, like this <laughs> weird white tiled room. And in front of him, he sees two strangers. Yep. Kill him. So, as seemingly everyone except for Johnny has so far, and even it's happened to him, Dr. Gavel's passed out after searing pain, having his spine broken, lemon juice squeezed into his <laughs> eyes, and an open wound in his neck. Thank you, Johnny Adams. He, he hit the uh, acupuncture spot to pee your pants. <laughs> Why are these all in the neck and jawline? A lot a of lot. pressure points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a lot to drink that day. <laughs> Luckily, Very the lemon hydrated. juice covered it. But not the smell. I'm, I'm crying right now. <laughs> not the smell. Not <laughs> Everyone knows. Following all of the carnage that took place in the not racquetball court, Johnny was escorted out by a couple of actually pretty friendly guys, kind of hunky dudes. For some reason, they were wearing Speedos and nothing else. They were just very muscular. So you guys um, work out? Or? Sometimes. <laughs> Mostly just push-ups. Oh, really? Yeah. Body weight? Yeah. No um, way. Maybe, you know, I, I run maybe once a week, run a mile, and do push-ups. Are you juicing? Juicing? Like, the lemon juice? Sure. Um, I like apple juice, raspberry juice. I like cranberry juice. As Johnny has this intellectual conversation <laughs> with the escorts, Dr. Gavel is lifted out of the room, taken to, assumedly, the hospital wing. Johnny's brought back to the cafeteria, where he once again is spoken to by a condescending man over the intercom. Hey! <laughs> you hungry? Yeah, what? What's, do you have a name? Cause you just like keep talking to me, man. And it's like, Hey, I can't hear you. Sorry. Um, what are you hungry for? <laughs> uh, do you have any, uh, chicken? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get that for you, chicken. buddy. Uh, what about, so like, a hamburger. Uh, you want a chicken or a hamburger? Yeah. Okay, sure. So we'll get that for you, buddy. Um, listen up. How are you? How are you feeling? That was a whole lot of stuff that just went on. You feeling okay? You feeling pressured? You, you feeling unhinged? Or are, are you fine? No, it's pretty fun. Okay, sweet. Well, I'd like a new gun, but great. Hey, we listen. We will. We will get that done for you. Um, I need you to do one or two more things for me, real quick. Yeah, listen, I, I'm okay. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, oh, and I, I still. Um, so, I just need to do, like, or I need you to do, like, uh, <coughs> two more things for me real quick. Alright, you got it. Alright, thanks, champ. I'm gonna have two guys waking up in, like, just a minute. Really gonna need you to, like, go talk to them, uh, and so we're giving you your plate of food. You're gonna bring them a plate of food as well. Uh, so you're gonna be, like, a waiter. 
Uh, we'll tip you. We'll tip you with Real? your gun. Yeah, we'll give you your gun. That's your tip because it's America, or at least it was. So we tip in this country. So do they have any food allergies or? Do they have any food allergies? Gluten? What the fuck is gluten? <laughs> All right, we'll get this. Uh, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll get you plates. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll be all right. Hey, Johnny. Do you know what gluten is? Absolutely not. What the fuck is that? Got me, dude. All right. Anyway, we'll get you these plates. Uh, we'll send you on your way. Uh, we'll get you the gun. We'll, we'll get you anything else we can get you to accommodate you. You know, we're, we're feeling pretty good here. No. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Okay, sweet. After this happens, after this, once again, very intellectual exchange between two titans of uh <laughs> titans of smart johnny is brought from some of the same hunky men who he notices look extremely similar to each other uh the two gentlemen from earlier were both tall muscular well-shaped wearing speedos light blonde hair hey buddy you still there yeah i think we're gonna do movie night tonight Oh, really? Yeah, you're invited. Uh, I was talking to the guys. They think you're cool. You can come. Just don't tell the other guys. Don't tell the other guys. The other Speedo guys? Or? Uh, yeah, don't tell them, and don't tell the guys you're eating food to. Oh. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, no, that's Sweet. fair. Cool. Yeah. So you brought the plates of food. Chicken as food. requested, burger as requested, and a plate full of pasta. <laughs> Extra gluten. You're yeah. brought down the hallway by the hunky guards, and you're brought to a bunk a, a military bunk, a dorm, but it's it's smaller, tighter than that. And at this point, your military experience finally tells you something. You think to yourself, wait a second, this is a boat. What a boat? Oh, yeah, because it's like a boat. Because it's a boat. Yeah, it's a boat. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because it's a boat. Yeah. It's... Oh, sweet. It's a boat. Okay, so Johnny walks into the room and he Wait, finds... Johnny Johnny comes out of this interaction and be like, man, that guy's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so after he says this to himself, he walks into the room. He's got the three plates of food and he sees two unconscious figures. He sees an older gentleman and then someone... Uh, the older gentleman, you know, is... Uh, how, how old is he? Could you describe him to us, Mason? Yeah, again, he's like a... He's like a... Mid mid fifties, uh, he has definitely been worn out through the years. He's got a bunch of wrinkles, graying hair, uh, something unnatural. His skin, you see, is a little pale. So kind of a mad scientist type look. Yeah, is mm -hmm. that fair? Okay, mm -hmm. great. So you see on one corner a um, older mad scientist looking figure, very pale skin, and then on the other you find a almost ghoulish figure uh dangerously skinny uh, not an ounce of fat on his body all veins pale pale white not pale like the mad scientist on the other side but almost deathly white clearly struggling cool more i mean good morning gentlemen i got some breakfast here for you we got some pasta and we got some chicken and, and so hamburger. they both wake up as what? you announce loudly uh, to the room what wait whoa yeah, you hungry? Uh, wait, who are you? I'm the waiter. The waiter? Yes, sir. Where am I? Uh, you're on a boat. Why? Yeah, ooh, boat. Boat. <laughs> who, who am I surrounded yeah, by? Yeah, it's a boat. Uh, I'm the waiter. I just told you. 
Why am I here? Oh. Hey, uh, hey, hey, buddy. Uh, also, don't don't answer many other questions. Like, don't. But who is? You ask me questions. Well, no, I can't hear you. Like, so it's like call and response type. Yeah, this is all recording. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, this is that's recording. completely fair. Man, this is a bad Monday. So, I guess if you have questions, talk to the guy. You know the okay. the ceiling guy. You, you have food. Yeah, yeah pasta, and I got chicken and hamburger okay do it because hey. well the hamburger and chicken are for me because so i asked the for them so we get the pasta i you have a get the pasta severe gluten allergy so as this conversation is going on i still haven't moved dr aiden hasn't moved but he's noticed the meat on the plate and he a, a strange memory starts to surface for him where he remembers seeing people raising cattle with growth hormones with growth augmenting drugs and he realizes very quickly that this meat uh might have in it what he's looking for and might make him feel just a little bit better so you're telling me you brought me pasta and my hand goes out I, and grabs the burger. Oh wow! He well. And Doctor Aiden downs it instantly. It's it's okay. gone in all of four bites. Well, there's that plate. Uh, I don't could have asked, do, man. Do I still have my fake face there, by the way, or uh, is that gone? Uh, you have it, but it it's not on. Not wearing it. Got it. All right. Yeah. Then I just down the burger. And and you said you have the chicken. Oh, the chicken's mine. But I am physically. Cannot eat the pasta. I'm vegan, okay. But you you asked for the pasta. I did not. I woke up okay. just now. Well, I'm the waiter, and I'm bringing you. Oh, I'm the waiter. Give me the chicken. So clearly, someone had to order the food. I never ordered. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, fellas. Mr. Egard, is that your name? What? No. You eat the pasta, please. It's dinner time. I can't! I will die! <laughs> well, tough, dude. You're in a medical facility. You'll be fine. Eat your dinner, please. God, some guy did just, like, break his spine over there. Uh, Johnny, we're not what? telling him the details. Oh, come, really? on, oh, man. come on, man. Come on, come on. I forgot. I'm a, yeah, sorry. All right, just eat the what food, man. Come on. Oh, no, yeah, just eat the pasta. Uh, great. So while these three enjoy their dinner, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and cut to the medical wing of the, now what we know is a ship. And Dr. Gavel is slowly waking up. He is out of his mind on painkillers. He can barely focus, but he's conscious. Benzium. Zinc. Toast. <laughs> no. Interesting. I must write this down. And he looks around and he sees that he's in a hospital bed. And he tries to sit up. He sees his notepad next to him, his trusty, handy-dandy notepad. Oh, there it is. And he tries to sit up, and he just can't. <laughs> this is awkward. This doesn't happen too often. Uh, come on, arm. Reach. And so he looks to the direction of his arm, to his left, and he sees in the bed next to him the same thing that broke his back from earlier. Slowly gaining consciousness. Excuse me. Mr. Crusher. Yes? 
<laughs> he shakes his head no. That's not your name. Oh, well, I made that up. I, that would have been crazy if that was your name. What? What's your name? So I can properly... He brings his hand up to his throat and points to a scar. Okay, this is going to make this a little bit more difficult. And then he uh... reaches into his suit and you hear... And he pulls his finger out with blood on it. And he reaches up to the wall and writes L... O. And right as the O is being drawn, you hear from above you. <laughs> hey, do I, I think you guys know what gluten is? G. Why, of course. A. N. I just like. Is it food? What is it? What do you mean? Is it food? Oh, also, I think you're. I think our boy in there wrote something on the wall. Can we get someone in there to read that? Hey, Doctor Gavel, what's that say? I need my glasses. It spells Logan. Lo Logan. Logan. At least I think it is. Oh, yeah. That's, that's his name. That's his name. Yep. All right. Sorry. Just had that quick question. Uh, go. Sir, uh, I was going to tell him about gluten. <clears throat> help you. Well, of course you need help. You just wrote with blood on the wall. I'm not supposed to be here with you, but you can help me. Can you grab my notepad right over there? Logan is tied down, but he notices he has full range of motion of his fingers, full flexibility, and if he wanted to, he could untie himself pretty easily. He does. He reaches over and he unties both of his hands in his chest. Good for you. There you go. And he leans towards you, and you hear just a whisper. If you get closer, I could. I could bite your nose off. But uh, I can't move because of what you've done. Uh, thank you. Uh, I would like to get my notes down uh, or uh, my life would just become a disaster. So I will need to write down your name. Uh, you can go ahead and put your information in right there. Uh, 32nd page, Logan uh, second bookmark. Logan leans back from you and just sits on the edge of his bed looking at you, analyzing you. With a very stern look on his face. You really don't work well with others. They should put that on your application. Uh, please, uh, the notebook. He just stares at you. Okay. Uh, is there a doctor button? Doctor! And then he stands up and he walks over the door. And as Logan walks over to the door, uh, Dr. Gavel's call was heard. And a young, attractive nurse comes in. Dr. Gavel, Logan, what are your responses to her entering? Ah, uh, Carmen. Oh, 32nd wing. Okay, I see. I see. Logan slams the door behind her. And she's immediately horrified at the sight of this. Logan, please. Carmen is nice. All right, she just joined a couple months ago. And she is frankly speechless staring at Logan. She can't get a word out. She is so far in fear. He's just breathing. So I think schizophrenia, uh, I'm still trying to figure out his thing. He hasn't put his information in, so I kind of forget his name already. But uh, you could uh, time down again, but he just he just got out pretty easy. Carmen slowly backs up, opens the door, and walks out of the room without a word. All right, that's how they do it here. And uh, 30 enough, seconds later, after oh. Dr. Gowell continues speaking to himself. I was actually going to say, Logan tries to find a chair to 
keep the door closed and Logan, like tries to bar it. They have so many things in this doctor's office that will just destroy this door. It's not going to do anything. And although Logan successfully barricades the door, it's suddenly shoved open quite easily by two hunky men in golden speedos. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> My favorite two other, boys. Dude, so I was talking to I was talking to 31 earlier. This is a boat. <laughs> and 32 says to him, "What's a boat?" And 31 says, "You know how like you have you have a bathtub, right?" And he says, "Yeah." He says like, "So you know how when you float on the water, Logan like in taps the bathtub, his shoulder." And 31 looks behind him. He says, "Oh, yeah, we got <clears throat> we got we got to do it." Logan hears that and he stands, he, he like takes a step back and puts his hands up as if he's ready for a brawl. And it's, they they say, hey, 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 you're okay. Come on. You hungry? Nods his head slowly. And so the two hunky gentlemen slowly step towards Logan. They grab him gently, letting Logan take one of their hands. He takes the hand. And they walk slowly out of the room together. Uh, he's just like, uh, uh, no, don't. Uh. As he walks out of the room, though, he stops. He lets go of his hand. And he turns back to the doctor and he looks you in the eye. And he unties one of your hands. And then he walks out. And then one of the men in the golden speedo says, oh, yeah. Yeah, we should probably get him, too. And so they Can pull. somebody please get me my notebook? I need all of this down. I am losing my mind. Please. Oh, are you going to write about the boat? I know it's a boat. You don't know it's a boat already. Well, I just think it's cool. We have been rocking ever since we got here. You just think you were dizzy. <laughs> huh. And he just kind of sticks his tongue out and then just kind of stares at you for a moment. Not quite sure of what to make. 31. The word. 31. Oh, what? The notebook. Wait, no, I'm 32. 32. The notebook. To my side, can you grab it? Oh, I think I saw that movie. <laughs> that's in our. That's in the uh, the library. It is. It 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 yeah. is. It is thirty. It was really sad. That was great. Uh, I watched it with my mom. It can was really you sad. grab this notebook right next to me? Oh yes. And so thirty two gets up. He grabs your notebook. He grabs a wheelchair from under your bed and helps you into it. Thank you. Thank you. Now please. Open the notebook to the second bookmark in chapter 32. I'm, wait. The book that you're holding? There's a little bookmark. Chapter 30. Yep. 30. I chapter my notebooks. The hunk is clearly confused. He cannot <laughs> process what you're asking him. By it being chapter 32 and him also being 32, <laughs> this is just not going to happen. Where are my notebooks when I... Or, and he wheels you out the room the where as you interns? stammer <laughs> exastedly. I need my interns. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm crying. I am in the wrong campaign. <laughs> Very different from episode one. <laughs> Oh man. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I really enjoyed this. And so Logan and Dr. Gavel find themselves escorted to the cafeteria that Johnny woke up in originally. Johnny and Edgar had already found their way there. Dr. Aiden is still missing. 
So now in the room, at these cheap plastic cafeteria tables, we have in a circle, Dr. Gabble, Logan Claw, Johnny Adams, and Edgar Cromwell. Logan is looking at Johnny, like uncomfortably close, looking you up and down. Oh, yeah, you you broke my gun earlier, which wasn't really cool, but they're getting me a new one. Does he have so. food in front of him? Oh, he broke your gun. Yeah. And they're getting you a new one? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. That's so cool. It's nice to see you again, Johnny. Oh, you too. How are you doing? How's that back hanging in? <laughs> Can you grab my notebook from this large man right here? Oh, yeah. Hey, how's oh, it going, Oh, you're dude? the boat guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the boat guy. Dude. You going to movie night? I'm yeah, going no, I'm... Oh, sweet. to lose my mind in this place. Logan looks at you and just like mouths the word same as he nods his head. <laughs> you are part of the problem here. <laughs> and he, he's smiling at you almost manically. He just shakes his head no. You broke my back. And so he with all of this shouting happening, another hunky man comes in escorted by the illustrious ghoul, Dr. Aiden Hud. <laughs> and they're carrying two items. The hunky man is carrying a cowboy hat, and Dr. Aiden Hud is carrying a cake. Oh. A cake? A cake. <laughs> and the two of you walk into the center of the room. There's a space for you to put the cake. What do you choose to do, Dr. Hud? Well, he's spending way too long not putting down the cake because his eyes are looking everywhere for an escape plan. Uh-huh. Uh so you stand there awkwardly, just yes. holding the cake, not putting it where it is clearly supposed to go. <laughs> yes. The I entire don't know why room, I have a cake. the entire room is staring at you holding this cake. I thought One this moment Logan, I was eating a burger, the next I'm holding the cake. Logan reaches out and he kind of just gently takes the cake from you. I let then, it happen. <laughs> and then he puts it down and just like he looks at you, and he cocks his head, looking slightly confused. I thought this was an institution of scholars and heroes. We can't even put a cake on the table. This is perfect. Perfect. Not so, in the hospital. We're not in the hospital. We're, uh, uh, we're on a boat. Anybody can see that's clearly a boat. <laughs> very, very clear. So, Dr. Edgar Cromwell. How did I get here? How did Dr. I get Edgar. Dr. Edgar looks at the cake and he notices that it says, Happy Orientation Day. Um. With an exclamation mark and a smiley face. Wow. So, I have a cold plate of pasta and a cake that I cannot eat. Great. Logan looks at you kind of like curiously. Why are you holding a plate of pasta? Did you hear over the intercom the whole gluten situation? Yeah, they apparently don't know what gluten is, yes. which is outrageous to me. Severe gluten allergy here. I'm with you. They have been serving me nothing but gluten. And I can't even get a person to write a name in a notebook. Sure. What is happening? Logan, I will help you out. Logan Thank reaches you. <laughs> over to your plate of pasta and takes like a small handful and he looks at you and he spells out the word sorry. Interesting. Who who does um, Logan look at? Give me another one. Oh, sorry. Logan looks at Johnny and says and writes out sorry in noodles. Oh, you're fine, Ed, man. Ed, they're getting me a new gun. And then he takes the noodles and he writes out where we. Yeah, sure. Take my pasta. Here you go. Oh, we're on a boat. 
<laughs> Dude, that's so cool. And the hunky guy just kind of raises his fist and gets Bitches. excited. And then one hunky guy says to the other, oh, dude, we, we're supposed to go back. And he says, oh, but the boat guy's here. Um, it's fine. I'll see you guys later. Okay. Oh. Hey, we'll see you at movie night, dude. See you. Elderly movie, gentleman. Movie, movie night. El Hang on, what? Oh, don't. There's no movie night, Doctor Doctor Cromwell. But you just no. There's no movie night tonight. Um, you literally just what? the two men leave the room very quickly, very nervously. Did they say Doctor Cromwell? Uh, yes. You're a doctor. Hmm. Former. Interesting. So you have a little bit of wit about you. Please, uh, there is a gun over there. Can you please shoot me? <laughs> Um, and so as the two doctors have their conversation, the door at the opposite end of the room opens, and in walks a man in cowboy boots, a vest, leather pants. He's very short. He's four foot four. Wow. He's very small. And he says, howdy. Hey, guys, it's me, your boy, your fella. I made it. And he walks up to the table. He grabs the cowboy hat left behind by one of the hunky men, and he cuts himself a slice of cake. So I'm having the worst dream of my entire life. Oh, it ain't a dream, buddy. What? What? <laughs> well, the cake might be a dream, because it, it's butter cake. It's really good. But And uh, what is the facility officially named that we're in? We'll get there. Okay. Because okay. you haven't heard it yet. I think Nathan's the only one that's heard it. Okay. Okay. Logan stands up and he puts his like finger really forcefully into the table, pointing to where he wrote "Where we" with the noodles. Oh, hey, you're the. Uh, you know, you just so you're. you're <laughs> Logan, <laughs> as you say that, Logan looks are, directly are, at Edgar where are and just we? looks angry. Are you? The intercom guy. Proper English. Come on. The I was I'm the guy on the recording that's been playing for you guys. You're the guy on the recording. Yeah, the recording. Yeah. Do you still know what gluten is? Does the cake have gluten? Yes. Well, I think gluten must be pretty awesome. Then am I right, Doctor Cromwell? <laughs> I hate you. All right, <laughs> fellas. All right. So we who we got here? We got um, Mister Mister Broken Legs. They're not so broken. Looking good, buddy. Looking good. Got Mr. Uh, Mr. Gun. Mr. Broken Gun. Oh, hang on. I got your other one right here. And he, he pulls it out of his cowboy holster, and he hands it over to you. Awesome. Safety on, partner. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you kindly. We got, um, well, frankly, I don't know what the hell you are. He's completely zoned out. So is Dr. Aiden just kind of staring off into space? Yes. All right. We got my good buddy, Dr. Cromwell. I, I don't know who you are. And we got Dr. Gavel. You know why we're here, Dr. Gavel. My pleasure. All right. So, fellas, how we doing? And the night and starts to pick up. Where are we? Oh, you are on a warship. You're on or in, depending on how you look at it, uh, the undertow. Right. Where's the exit? Uh, well, we'll get there. Just uh, hang in there. No, where's uh, the exit? You hungry? Where's the exit? You hungry? No. Where's the exit? Ah, oh, well, we'll have food at the exit waiting for you. So just hang in there, pal. Um, anyone else? Logan looks at you, and then he, like, stands up and leans, like, a few inches from your face and looks you up and down. Can I, um... <coughs> Can I help you, friend? 
and then he just like sits back down and he takes the pasta and he writes out why and he looks angry so actually i've i've got you here for a reason so um mr 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 Kla, is it mr Kla? did i say that correctly and then he he writes out c l a w in the pasta like a like like a like a bird like a tiger. And then he like slams a... his hand into the table. Oh, wall shape with his finger. All right, Mister Cloud. Whatever you're doing with your fingers, I don't really care. All and right, he kind so... of reaches for you with both of his hands and then st- like stops and then just pulls them back. All right, all right. Let's, you... We're all friends here. We're in good company. Is this the group you got? Um. All right, so. Let's all talk about why you're here. So you have all, willingly or unwillingly, accepted the terms of a contract that's been offered to you. And, uh, you know, for some it's going to be better than others, but uh, we we have a plan, we have an objective. Uh, so, again, how are we doing? Just so, can we talk about that first? I want to get to know you guys. Like, uh, Peachy. Yeah, I bet you and your brother. I am spy. too, actually. Well, I am pretty peachy. That's a oh, good one. You know, That's nice. This is That's a step nice. up from my situation before. So okay, um, and getting food provided here. for you and uh, uh, Doctor Doctor Mister Egg Mister Doctor Exit. How you doing? I went out. Okay, okay. Well, we'll get you some more meat and see how you do with that, buddy. You're looking a little uh, skinny, and it's oh, around yeah. this time that he had a great hamburger. <laughs> he ate it real fast. I, I, I wanted the hamburger. I'll be honest. I did. I still want some food. Okay, well, I gave you your food. So it's around this time that the, uh, the, the very small man in the cowboy outfit is leaning his chair backwards and falls on his back because his chair was just leaning too far backwards. He says, oh, oh, sorry. All right. I get a little too far ahead of myself. I get too fun. We like to have fun around here. You guys... You know, we like to have fun. Am I right, Johnny? Oh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about why you're here. So have you all met Dr. Gavel at this point? Have you all been introduced? Uh, this person right here? Yeah, the wheelchair guy. Oh, yeah, we had turkey together. Logan reaches over to the pasta plate, pulls more pasta, and in front of you, he writes, my wife, question mark. And he looks angry. We do not have that relationship, uh, him and I. Uh, and then he take, and he angrily grabs more pasta and puts wear on top of it. Mr. Clyde, is this a Borat reference by chance? <laughs> and then he slams his hands on the table and stands over you, and he points to the what he wrote in the noodles. So as Logan Claw points at the noodles, the man in the cowboy outfit just says, "My wife." <laughs> he grabs you by the shirt and tries it, to bring you down. And Logan tries to grab the man in the cowboy outfit, but when his fingers touch his cowboy outfit, they seize. And they stop. He looks like he's about to go on a rampage. And the man in the cowboy outfit says, hey, come on, buddy. Come on. We're all friends here. He shakes we'll his talk. head and yell at you. We'll talk. We'll talk. You need some food in you? Can I get you something? He tries to deck you. And his fist reaches out. And Logan really puts everything into this oh, punch. Yeah. And with the modifications that have been done to his body, it's a lot of power. And the second it reaches Mr. Cowboy Man's face, Logan feels the entire force of the punch right back on him immediately. Reverberating back through his arm, it shatters both of his arms. And he feels an extreme amount of pain. 
All right, mister. So you, you listen, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, hey, take it easy. And he reaches out and he grabs Logan by the wrist. Like, he like rips away. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I know it hurts. I know it hurts, buddy, but you'll be fine. You got, you got some special thing. I don't really understand it, but you'll be fine. All right. Now has everyone here, including our, um, our violent friend met Dr. Gavel. Just now, yes. Uh, just now. What do you think of him? Um, you asked me one thing. I I don't know anything about him. All right. Well, you've met him. And uh, Dr. Hud, have you met Dr. Gavel at this point? He's actually ignoring you, and he actually walks over to Logan and just, uh, you hear him whisper in your ear, don't move your arms too much. That looks bad. <laughs> and well, we had another doctor. Yeah, we got uh, three of you. So when, Dr. Gavel, I know you might not be happy, but hear me out. Let's get to it. So, fellas, Dr. Gavel, you know, this great country ain't what it used to be. And, you know, we like to play the part. We like to have fun, hence the cowboy outfit. You know, we like to embrace the culture of what made America so great at one point in time. You know, we like to we like to be our thing. You know, we like to, we like a little apple pie, a little baseball, you know, all that. But anyway... So you are in what used to be at one point in time, the Chesapeake Bay near the great capital of the United States, Washington, D.C. That's where the undertow is located. And uh, this is actually where any of the former government officials that might have been so powerful at one point in time are staying. Dr. Gavel is not with the uh, remnants of the government. Dr. Gavel, and I don't know how well any of you know your history, but Dr. Gavel comes from uh, what you might call the United Nations. Logan immediately just darts his head over to you. Like squints. So Dr. Gavel here needs some help. Uh, we got we got a mission. So I don't I can't imagine any of you are particularly happy with where you are in your lives. Um and I'm aware of your situations, even if you haven't gotten the chance to share it with each other yet, but we are here to help Dr. Gavel. We are here to bring him to San Francisco, one of the only cities left in the United States. So East Coast to West Coast. Uh, any questions so far? Yes. Uh, how on earth does this benefit any of us? Um... Well, it doesn't, but you agreed to do it. So, Never. here we are. Logan shaking his head no at you. And, uh, well, Mr. Uh, Mr. Claw. And he slams his hands <laughs> down and points to the other where it says claw, and he uses more noodles to make it, like, spelled bigger. Mm. And the man on the cowboy hat just deliberately chooses to ignore it. <laughs> Oh, I have a question. Oh, yeah. What's um, up, Mr. Adams? Do I have to roll him the entire way to San Francisco? or Like a, like a sausage roll? Like, no, you... he's in a wheelchair. Oh, so actually, yeah, that's part of what we're doing here. So uh, the entire country is effectively a no-fly zone. Uh, we've got mm -hmm. like... So, oh, Johnny, you were on... You were out in the water, right? Was that you? Mm -hmm. So do you remember how like when we got you here, it like hurt a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was a lady. Yeah. A lady? Yeah. There's a green lady. Oh. On the raft with you? No. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, she wasn't there to begin with. It was a, it was a whole thing. Wait, hold on. Tell me a little bit about this lady. 
Well, she said the contract thing. She said contract and food. Those are the words I heard. Johnny, we don't have any women on this station other than Nurse Carmen. Does she wear green? She does not. She wears her white nurse's uniform. Oh, well, that's concerning. You don't employ any other women? All right, anyways, um, fellas, we might have some talking to do afterwards, but um, the entire country is effectively a no-fly zone. Uh, You put anything up there with wings, anything up there that might hover more than 100 feet off the ground, and it's going to get shot down, it's going to get eaten, it's going to get... It ain't going to be good for nobody. I'm sure you all know this as well. So... Whether you like it or not, again, all of you have agreed in one way, shape, or form. Actually, but that I, I, I haven't agreed to anything. Uh, I should, I should probably get going. You, you all have a good trip, Doctor Hayden. What exactly do you remember before you got here? Can you tell me what you were doing? Uh, I, I was with. I was with yes, him. yes, I was with him. Uh, with- Dr. Edgar, that's that's great, and I, I appreciate your input, but I'd really like to hear uh, Mr. Hud's, what he was doing exactly before he got here. Can you tell me where you were and why you were there? Because if you can't, if you're not willing to share, I think that answers itself on why you're here. Dr. Hayden gets up. Is there anybody around um, Dr. Gavel right now? No. He walks you over. You guys are like in a circle. He walks over so to Dr. Gavel and grabs his head. All right, I, I I went out. I went out. Let, let me out or I break his neck. <laughs> Some doctor we have. All right. Carmen! And then suddenly, enormous electronic pain jolts <laughs> all throughout Dr. Hud's body. And he says, we don't do stuff like that here on the undertow, Mr. Hud. I can tell we're going to get along just nicely. All right. Well, they're whipping everything up. Any questions so far? Y'all following me? I have a question. Dr. Gavel. You have confidence in this group. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, um, all right. For my safety. For your safety as an escort. So if I have not made myself clear, the four of you, plus uh, potentially, well, we'll talk later, but the four of you will be escorting Dr. Gavel across the country. A uh, 2,000, 3,000, 4 million mile trip. You know, geometry was never my strong suit. Uh, But that being said, you will be taking him from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco on foot. How on earth do you expect us to do that? Figure it out. That's what you're here for. I request a couple of my own to come with me. We'll we'll talk later, you and me, Dr. Gavel. Thank you. Thank you. How are we feeling about this whole thing? Uh, We doing good? (laughs) I'm going to die. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'd prefer to keep you around, but hang in there with all the fellas. Um, And Dr. Hud, I reckon we can make you very comfortable if you play along and I think you might understand what I mean by that do you like lounging like on on sofas we can do that alright glad you agree so um fellers we'll give you a few days um 
I will not be back. This is the last you'll be seeing of me for the meantime. But before I go, are there any questions? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr. Kla. And he goes over to the spaghetti where he says, he brought out my wife, why? And he changes the why to eyes. And then he looks at you with a pleading face. And he holds out his hands. And uh, the intercom man just sort of looks at Logan Claw and for the first time kind of drops his demeanor. And he says, I'm sorry. And you just see more tears come from his eyes. And he says, can I... Uh, Cut you a slice of cake. <laughs> he takes a slice of cake and he throws it at your face. And it uh, uh, devilishly bounces off of the intercom man and right back into Logan's face. <laughs> <laughs> Logan just puts his head down with his arms and you just hear him sobbing underneath his arms. Rubbery <laughs> with cake all over his face, blood yeah. everywhere. Poor Logan hasn't had the chance to shower since the incident went down earlier yeah. with Dr. Gavel. Probably smell like shit. So, so <laughs> what I'm getting... We aren't allowed to disagree to this. We have absolutely no choice in this matter. Well, you've already agreed to it. That's the point. When did I agree? <laughs> By being here. Dr. Edgar... Didn't want to come here. Might we talk about your place of employment? Hmm. I'd rather not. All right. Well, when you're ready... When you have questions that you would like answered, you call for me. But until then, you've agreed to this mission. Hmm. Welcome aboard and give me some supplies. <laughs> All right, we'll get you what you need. So, again, any other questions before I leave? As Logan is sobbing, he reaches over without looking in the middle and spells out, napkin. <laughs> <laughs> he says, fellas... And so the two hunks come back in. They have towels. They have napkins. And one of them says, Oh, it's the boat guy again. <laughs> hey, guys. Dude, it's me. It's 32 from before. Hey. Hey, man. How are you? I'm, I'm oh, good. Wait, sorry. Hang on. We got to get this guy. And so the two hunks pick Logan up and help him out of the room and take him to his dorm for a much-needed shower, for some much-needed R&R. Smell like a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> and as Logan is carried out of the room, it hits the rest of you just how bad he smelled. <laughs> Did you guys... I mean, it's like a dust cloud. Like, I'm geez. going to die here. <laughs> no, I'm going to die now. I'll, I'll be honest, I probably don't smell better. The cowboy hat intercom man, whose name he has still not given you, leaves the room. Leaving the five of you with um, a bunch of noodles all over the table, <laughs> cake smashed into the floor from where it hit Logan in the face, a mostly still uneaten cake, heavy on the gluten, and a, little, a few chunks of steak here and there. Shuts off. <laughs>
some of the hunks come back into the room. And number 32, very excited about boats as always, says, hey, guys. Well, first of all, yes, we know it's a boat now. So I know good, all of you good, are good, very good. excited to hear that. Logan face palms himself. Jeez. But we've got it figured out. Second of all, uh, we would like to take you all to your rooms for some much needed R&R. Give you a few days before we set you wow. out on your mission. Do we have bunk beds? Please, no. Does anybody want a bunk with no, Johnny? No, 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 no. Johnny. Uh, Logan raises his hand. <laughs> all right. Oh, you guys can have the ones across from me in 31. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Logan, nice. Logan looks towards Johnny and just kind of gives a slightly manic smile. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan everyone <laughs> is taken back to their rooms. Everyone is given time to, to rest, relax, and everything. Everyone is given full tummies. Dr. Edgar is finally fed food that he can eat. Thank you. You you figured it out, right? Figured what out? Gluten. You know what it is, right? The intercom thing. You were figuring. You you were on the that right track. That was the cowboy dude. We're like, I'm 32, man. Oh, oh my god. What is gluten? <laughs> and so everyone goes back to the If you're still your uh, Logan when you make that noise, he kind of nods at you and points to his voice box where it used to be in the scar, almost like he's like saying. <laughs> and so everyone is taken back to their rooms. Oh, if sorry. you don't mind, uh, once Satan's in his room, he's going to take a moment and sit down. You mentioned he still has it, right? Um, he's going to lie on his back. Uh take out this white kitsune mask um, that's missing the eyes. It's just white over them. Uh, and he's just going to press it onto his face and try and go to sleep with that on. And so as Aiden tries to go to sleep, he hears a... And, it off. <laughs> <laughs> and the man formerly in the cowboy outfit, now in puppy dog pajamas... <laughs> Walks into the room, the <laughs> and he says, "Ah, Mister Hud, glad to finally meet you. How you hanging? Not well. Well, I think I got something here that might make you feel a little better." And the man in the puppy dog pajamas, the four foot four man in the puppy dog pajamas, walks over to the sink and opens a slot behind the wall. <laughs> with another faucet and a stack of cups. And he turns the faucet on and a slightly orange-tinted liquid comes out. Uh, Aiden immediately runs over and like, just starts trying to drink from the faucet. And do that for as long as you like. Uh, at some point, he will stop, but he's going to like full-on, like, um, just... It, it looks ugly. Like, it's full-on, like... As if an animal were trying to, like, desperately get water, like, out. And eventually he stops at some point and puts his mask up to his face. And it turns into a kaleidoscope of colors. So Mr. Puppy Dog Pajamas says to Aiden, Dr. Hud, so do we have an understanding? We do. All right. Glad to hear it. So we'll have... Uh, combat simulation at 0800 and then we'll be on our way combat what all right good night to you too buddy <laughs> and mr puppy dog pajamas walks out the door and that's that 
Everybody's in their rooms. Anybody doing up any funny business before we go to bed? You forgot to put me in my bed! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting in the dark! (laughs) Poor Dr. Gavel just hangs out by himself in his wheelchair, (laughs) trying to fall asleep. He tries to take notes, but the lights are off. Are you yelling this? (laughs) He he was yelling, like, throughout the night. And he's got his room all to himself. Uh, Johnny heads to the designated area. Johnny shares a room with Logan, 31, and 32. 32 sneaks over to Johnny's bed and he he pokes him lightly on the shoulder. He says, hey, Johnny. Johnny. What? Movie night. Movie night. Movie night. Okay, so I know this might be a little sudden because like, I just kind of got cool with you guys. Yeah. But can we bring my friend, my bunk mate too? Because he seems like he's Logan looks. Know, look, Logan just kind of like looks at you oh with my God, is he awake? wide eyes. Oh, yeah, of course he's awake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on the top bunk and I just like look down. <laughs> It's 7.30. It's 7.30 p.m. Why would he be asleep? Oh, um, can I, can I, okay, go, look. Can I go ask the boss? Well, okay, look at it like this, right? And 32 kind of makes finger guns and, like, pushes them together. <laughs> it's, it's BYOB. Surely he has, he has some cash. He can go get some beers. All right. Hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Logan, do you want to come to movie night? A sigh. And he just closes his eyes and nods. And so number 32 grabs Johnny, grabs Logan. Says, don't wake up 31. He fell asleep. (laughs) It's 730. It's so early, dude. And then then as you guys go to walk out, Logan all of a sudden gets this like happy look on his face. And he positions a a cup of water over the bed and then ties a string to his finger so if he moves he pulls the string off and he kind of laughs he looks like he's laughing manically a little bit and then just immediately snaps back to this military like composure and he walks out the room 32 says oh dude this is so cool oh my god that's gonna be so funny oh my god it's gonna look like he peed himself he didn't even (laughs) he didn't give and so the three of you head off to movie night you enjoy a, a wonderful night of, of ice cream, of, of more cake, more gluten. Uh, there's free drinks. Uh, there's a- <laughs> Max's face is so good right now. <laughs> this looks like a table that says, like, all the foods are labeled gluten. <laughs> the, um, the boss man, now in puppy dog pajamas, gives Logan some clearly much needed space. And so Logan's able to enjoy himself throughout the evening. They watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show specifically. And everyone there can't help but notice that all of the men in the Speedos look suspiciously <laughs> like Rocky from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've never show. seen that show. So know it <laughs> because is. it's a boat. Because it's a boat. <laughs> and around 8 o'clock in the morning, everyone hears. Okay, we're off. All right, fellas. So if you'll take a look at your front doors, I know you've all got your separate rooms. I know some of you are bunked up together. Go ahead and take a look at the maps on your doors. Get a lay of the land and head to the gym for me, if you could. Please, thank you kindly. All right, see you there. See you shortly. Logan looks around to see what clothes he has to put on. 
because he's only been wearing this orange jumpsuit. Uh, in Logan's closet, he finds a golden speedo. <laughs> he finds a swimsuit. He finds a tuxedo, and then he finds gym shorts and a tank top. <laughs> he puts on the gym shorts and a tank top. He attempts to. Number thirty-two says, "Oh, dude, that, those are that's ah, fine." And number thirty-two puts on the tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody make their way down to the gym? Yeah. Do I? Tours? <laughs> Does anyone come for me? <laughs> Logan, Logan walks by your room and he sees you in there and he opens your door. He's just staring at the are at you, the ceiling. Are you able to roll your wheelchair? No. no yeah, there's no way. I'm completely paralyzed from the neck down. He doesn't take your wheelchair. He picks you up just testing to see if he can like carry you. And then he just throws you over his shoulder and starts walking <laughs> I, down the hall. I, I walk past the hallway and I'm like, hey, uh, what? Um... I think he has a chair. I'm for being that. kidnapped. Help! He has a chair for that. <laughs> you can push the chair. As you say that, Logan stops, turns around, grabs the chair, throws it over his other shoulder, and starts walking. <laughs> what on earth? Everyone makes their way to the gym. It's a living. <laughs> Everyone makes their way to the gym. Only this time the layout is different. It's not a racquetball court anymore, despite it seemingly being the same entrance that was used yesterday by Johnny and Dr. Gavel to encounter Logan, where, of course, the incident happened with Dr. Gavel. Now it's a much larger room, the size of more like a high school gymnasium, with two massive trenches in the middle. So to give you a frame, you walk out and to your left and your right all the way to the walls. There's normal space for you to walk on. It's a hardwood floor. Then a gigantic trench filled with mud, another hardwood floor section in the middle, a second trench separating it from the far wall, and then near the far wall, there's more hardwood floor. And so 32 walks in in his tuxedo and he says, guys, guys, I get to run this today. Mm. Like they said, I can do this, yeah. Good job, man. Thank you. I'm clapping my hands for you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Doc. Logan, Logan staying next to Dr. Gavel and starts clapping his hands don't, in front of don't, Dr. Gavel. Don't clap my hands. Stop it. No, no, like Logan's own hands. Oh. Yeah, he just starts <laughs> clapping. I thought Logan was clapping Dr. Gavel's hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Logan slyly slips you the pen he stole from you yesterday. And he opens his mouth <laughs> he for it. He puts it in your mouth and pats your head. Thank you. So... 32 continues and he says so fellas it's an easy enough deal we're gonna have a few guys drop in uh work together do whatever you can your goal is to kill these guys logan i or mr claw uh buddy Lo- can, can i call you logan he looks at you for an uncomfortably long amount of time and then nods and he says well like you know we had fun i feel like we're on a first name basis you know <laughs> Uh, you guys gotta kill all these guys. Like, you won't be able to leave the uh, room until you do, and then you can go get lunch afterwards, uh, too. I'm sorry. Kill who? And, by the way, Aiden looks very different from how he did uh, the previous day. Um, he still looks terrible, but he's not shivering. He's not sweating anymore. He just... Does he seem he almost looks confident? looks like a normal person in, like, a, like, almost, like, zombie costume okay, right now. So like, so, like, one of those, like, 24-hour viruses vibes. That's what I was getting from that. Does he seem confident now? What's his demeanor? Very, very confused because he thought he was... He was confused last night, but he was just kind of going with the 
flow <laughs> to just make it through the day. Now, now it's his visible. mind is more clear and he is very confused. I'm sorry, kill people? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not like really people. Like, you know how they're like, like movies where there's like actors in them. You know, those aren't like really people. Those are actors and they're like characters. You can think of them like that. So you're killing like characters. They're not like real people. So anyways, they're going to drop in. Uh, just kill them, and then you can all go get breakfast. I won't be there, but you can all go get breakfast. So act kill them. Uh, no, like kill them. Kill them. Logan, like actually geez. kill them. Logan looks at you <clears throat> and just kind of cocks his head a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah, you, you like kill them, kill them. Anyways, uh, going to leave. You guys go ahead Excuse and me. figure it out. Yeah, kill- Dr. Gal. Uh, I request... One of my interns. Oh yeah, we'll send in. Uh, can you uh, uh, can you bring in Blitz for me? Yep, we hear you, Doc. Uh, we'll send him right on in. So like, we're working with all of them. We have made accommodations for you. We're still figuring out some of the kinks, so bear with us. And the door opens behind thirty-two, and in walks a young athlete. 18, 19, maybe early 20s. It's hard to tell because he's certainly taken some damage. His face is a bit scarred, a bit muscly, almost a little brutish. And he's got two gigantic foam hands that he's wearing. (laughs) And you hear over the intercom, like I said, we're figuring out the kinks. This is what we've got for now. We're going to give it a shot, okay? What happened to... All right, let's... Uh, go get him, Blitz. All right. Are you sorry? Hand on head. Are you like Ash throwing out Pokemon right now? Like, is that your whole character? <laughs> it's kind of not far off. Yeah. So the way Max's character, the way Doctor Gavel is going to work through the story due to his paralysis, is Doctor Gavel has a rotating team that will be traveling with you, that will participate in the story. They are existing characters. They are not as experienced as the four of you. The four of you are assigned the mission. These four are a squad that are in training. And their specific objective is to follow the orders of Dr. Yavel and learn from him. Mm. So now we have Blitz and his gigantic and foam hands. 32, Blitz. can you take me with you? Am I, am I allowed to do that? Dr. Yavel, do you know yeah. if you're, I can you're, do that? You're running this. Oh, you're right. I'm in charge. Yep. Uh, Dr. Gavel, let's go. I'll take you. 32 picks up Dr. Gavel. He's used to it. Just like chair. Logan. Leave and puts him chair. over his shoulder and leaves the wheelchair in the combat zone. <laughs> uh, Blitz walks over and he's like cracking. He's standing at a good like 6'5 right now. And he's just cracking his neck. And then he comes over and cracks his knuckles as well. Through the gigantic foam hands. Yeah, you hear big pops through the gigantic foam hands. All right, guys, let's get into this. Johnny's like stretching and stretching his arms and legs. So as everybody's warming up and stretching and, you know, getting their gym on, uh, 10 identical hunks that don't look quite like the ones you've encountered. These ones are brunettes, all drop from the sky. Uh, Three of them drop immediately next to the five of you. Three of them drop in the center uh, of the two trenches and then the other four drop somewhere in the trenches. They move too quick and it happens too fast for you to keep track of where they've gone. You have three enemies on top of the five of you right now, and you have three 
uh, a small jump away. The jump is far enough that probably only Logan could make this. They start attacking you. Jeez, huh, only 10 of them? Jump! <laughs> Logan grabs the wheelchair and rips the wheels off of it. And then he starts spinning them in his hands and he starts walking up towards that trench. So so these are these are big dudes, right? These are They're big tall. dudes. These are like 6'4", six, 6'5", so, six, so, muscular so guys. There's one essentially on top of you. How big is the you. opening between their legs? The opening between their legs. Can I jump through their legs? Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm that's jumping, fine. I'm jumping through. Trying, and trying to, they're slow, brutish guys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and... And you make it, but now you are sprawled on the ground. You've got your heavy equipment that you're carrying. Oh. You have to pick that back oh, up. God. You're also older, and oh. you didn't think this one through. <laughs> I was so much more athletic. Don't worry, younger. old guy. I got you. And then... Uh, he's just, so Blitz is just gonna do the spinning move as he jumps into the air, and he's gonna go for a crisp slap across the face. So he's gonna slap him as hard as he possibly can. It's very audible. It doesn't knock the brute back, but he grabs his face and says, Ow. And he's almost offended. He's not very happy about this. All right, he's your very turn. distracted. <laughs> and, and he points at him, and then he like shows his cheek, and he's like, Come on. <laughs> Johnny uh, cleanly takes the top of his gun off and dismantles it just like Logan had shown him earlier. Logan's looking at you and he's smiling and nodding and takes it like a knife and swipes up at his neck. So as Johnny's clip, as his part of his gun makes contact with the brute, you hear his neck snap and it's loud and it permeates the gym. It's an echoing sound. And this brute, one of the 10, is dead instantly. Uh, Whoa. Nice job. Kill. As this sound permeates the room, the reality of the situation hits Logan and Edgar. Because even though they'd seen combat, they'd never been forced to directly kill someone before. So while Logan was eager and ready to fight and spinning the wheels, the reality of what exactly just happened, especially as he hears the crack of the neck starts to go through his mind. Is there any blood, like, on the t on the top of the gun? Yeah. He, like, Johnny, like, whips it down towards the ground to Shooty. get the blood off. Oh! And then oh. cleanly puts the gun back together. Nice. Like, that was a good just, trick, you Logan. Just, you just see, like, the... See. Like, Edgar is just frozen. Edgar had never seen anyone die. No. Lo Logan's eyes are wide, and the wheels just, like, stop turning as he's holding them. And he just, like, shakes it off, and he just looks up at like all the brutes on the other side of the trench and then you see him start to run and as he gets close to the trench he's going like super fast and just vaults over it like it's nothing and lands on the other side logan makes the jump and he actually lands on top of one of the brutes and in doing so he's so powerful from the force of the jump and he has so much momentum that he feels the chest of the brute give in and he feels his ribs collapse as logan lands on top of this logan like looks down at the guy the brute he almost like just like he's sorry and then he like kind of shakes it off a little bit and looks up at another brute there are only eight left logan is dealing with two of them and two of them are on top of the original group at the top of the first trench edgar's on the ground johnny's just taken one out and he's dealing with his equipment edgar the brute that's on top of you uh is about to maul you he's going to punch you and you will probably die because you're an old man Blitz is in a smacking competition with the other one that's near you. <laughs> Come on! Uh, Square so in the cheek! Before you can punch me, I put my uh, my armored briefcase above my uh, where he's gonna about to hit. And you block the punch. It works. 
Aiden uh, runs up, jumps, and uh, lands on the back of this brute and uh, cuts across the throat. As the throat of the brute is slashed, there's static that echoes throughout the gym. Not quite an intercom sound, but a very, very electronic sound. And the brute that was in the slapping competition with Blitz and failing uh, slaps him hard enough that Blitz is knocked down. Oh! And he just falls to his knee. Oh! Man, you're not the same as the ones in Moscow. The other two brutes at the other end of the trench climb up on top of Logan while he's mounted on their dead third friend. As they start to climb on me, Logan kind of struggles a little bit, and then he throws off one of them, but as he starts going, he flips the wheel around his wrist and catches him in one of like the sprockets, swinging the guy around to knock the other one to the ground, and he keeps swinging <laughs> with the guy in the wheel, almost like Garen from League of Legends. <laughs> and he just keeps swinging and then lets go of the wheel at one point, like a hammer throw. So as Logan knocks down both of the brutes, the one that's just knocked is still alive, but incapacitated. The one that was in the wheel is dead and his body is limp. He's ragdolling uh, and you've heard his bones crack and you've heard parts of his body just like snap and all these horrible, disgusting sounds. There's no blood. Uh, but you can't help but think as you do this that these sounds are just really disconcerting and bringing up some painful memories for you. As he does that, he brings the wheel up in a defensive stance, ready to block the attacks of the brute that's still conscious. So there's one brute still conscious at the beginning of the trench. Blitz is on his knees. There's three of you over there. What do you do? Uh, I'm quickly scrambling out from under this this brute here. Uh, and I'm going to try and get my weapon out of my briefcase. Okay, and you get it out on time. You've got your little cannon. Let's assume it's armed. Yeah, so this cannon, it's, it's going to have like a little container, almost like a blender that you see on the back of this cannon. And I have a bunch of vials around my belt. And I take a few of them and I dump them into this blender type thing. And it blends. A bunch of cool colors happen. And it, go, it turns into this little ball. And I aim it at this one brute and shoot. And as it hits, it explodes into this big foam mess and that hardens. So the brute, as he's getting ready to finish off Blitz, becomes encased in this material that he's trapped in and he can't break out of. So only one of the six brutes that appeared at the top is still alive and it's the one that's trapped. There are four down below. One of the four that's down below reaches up and grabs Johnny's leg and tries to pull him down into the <gasps> trench. Logan throws the wheel at the hand of the guy that grabs Johnny. And it works, but he misses because he was so distracted by the things that were happening and the carnage around him. Logan throws the wheel so hard that it hits the head of the brute that grabbed Johnny and smashes it and it pops. So you're being pulled down into the trench by a single brute and you see two immediately down there waiting for you to take you down. Can I take both pistols and try to shoot both of them at the same time? <laughs> uh, you can, go ahead and roll for that. Three, no. Oh, oh so you uh, take both your pistols and realize the safety was on. No. You weren't ready. You woke up too early. This is Shoot. not your normal time. You messed up. They've got you. They're grabbing your arms. They're pulling pretty hard. It's pretty painful. Uh, you are also now covered in the blood of the one brute whose head kind of popped. Uh, and as Logan watches it, he notices that the head popped maybe 
easier than it should have. Logan's a combat veteran. He's he's seen what it looks like when someone dies, and this person almost seemed like they didn't have much in the way of bones, really. Um, either way, something unnatural about the way this brute's head just kind of exploded, and it's not the gore that you would have been expecting from someone's head exploding. And then Blitz is going to plant his foot and lift with all his strength and start spinning again. And after two spins, he comes down and he's like, let's go for round two. And the force of the slap being resonated, shaking off of all sides of the goo, causes the brute to just, he's dead on the spot. He's dead instantly. It was such a powerful slap that he's just gone. And then he just goes, woo, let's go. And then he just starts running for another one. Johnny is still stuck down in the trenches. Uh, there's two guys actively grabbing both arms, and then one brute is still missing. They are the only three still left alive, save for one unconscious. Uh, Aiden is going to uh, throw his knife um, at the closest uh, one of the big guys uh, and try and take him out. And it works! Aiden's knife slashes the head of the brute. Uh, massive head wound on its face. It's down for the count. And Aiden grabs the knife, heads into the trench, and kind of disappears into the mixture of, of the mud and the shadow. And he's seemingly gone. So there are two brutes left alive. Yeah. So one is grabbing Johnny, one is missing. Oh, and there's a third that's unconscious from where Logan took it down. Does so that free up my other arm? It does free up your other arm. Okay. Um, I guess I'll attempt to shoot him. You know, just like... <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll for a fancy move here. Safety off. Safety off. Safety off roll. Five. So you get the gun... You cock it upwards. This is the gun with the ice bullet, by the way. Okay. You fire, and it goes right through the head of this guy. Like, this guy is dead. But as this happens, a hand reaches up from in the mud and pulls you head first into it. You are choking because you can't breathe. The entire upper portion of your body, torso up, is trapped in the mud and has been pulled in there by this last guy. I got legs you! legs are sticking out. And Blitz just starts running for the trench. And he jumps and goes for an elbow drop <laughs> into the trench. Good elbow! Blitz's epic elbow drop strikes the mud with such impact <laughs> that it empties the portion of the trench it's that he lands in. It splatters and hits the ceilings, hits all the walls, gets covered in everyone. You are fine, but so is the brood. Ooh. That's when Logan reaches down into the trench and grabs the brew who's holding onto him and just pulls him up by his like shoulder. Pulling both of us up now. Yeah. He, he grabs you and he just kind of like haphazardly pulls you off and kind of throws you. And he takes the brute and you just see this manic look get over his head face as he grabs the back of his head and just smashes it into the ground and continues smashing it. And as this happens, the brute's body just begins disintegrating. It can't take the pressure that Logan's exerting on it. And as this happens, Logan loses himself. He 
was once a normal person, and with all the trauma and with all the pain and the anguish that's been happening, he can't control himself anymore. And once this brute is effectively eviscerated, he goes and finds the last one that's unconscious and it's rips its head off. The last brute is dead, and Logan passes out. You guys have won the combat encounter. Oh, and that's the end of this episode. Let's go! Oh, because it's a boat. Well, well, well. That was a good episode, wasn't it? It's good to see you kept your pants on this time. Good job. I was rooting for you. Dungeon Train is produced by Max Brummer, with voices by Mason Brummer, Dylan Los, Nathan Collum, Blake Thompson, and last but certainly not least, Alex White. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on the Dungeon Train. Who knows what chaos is going to happen in the next episode. Join me on the next stop for a new story. I'll see you there.